During the whole making of X-Men and the casting of X-Men, I was there in the production office. Remember, you don't need to scream for help when Banshees are around Was it supposed to be Jean or was it supposed to be Madeline? I drew that image and a deliberate hint at things to come. What makes Marvel Legends so special? Just the partnership with Marvel, you know, continuing to work with Jesse Falcon. This is your special guest host, Mr. Sinister. <laughs> you would never put Storm in a ponytail. That would be well, weird. You could, but that would be weird. <laughs> but giving it to Jean kind of made her the girl next door that everybody could talk to. When I met Stan, he was very gracious and 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 very kind. This is the Power of X Men podcast. I am your host, Dayspring. Hope you survive the experience. Our guest tonight for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier finale are a couple I am literally obsessed with. Their podcast centers around one man's elaborate scheme to get his wife into X-Men comics. And it's working? Emoji shrug? I think it is. Oh, oh yeah. They do bomb-ass reviews of the X-Books, have even interviewed the creators and writers of the X-Men animated series, Eric and Julia Leewald. Their most recent episodes, center around retcon wranglers such as cable and psylocke they have an infectious energy i love his voice she is a cosplay goddess please welcome back justin and alicia from the ex-wife yeah thank you so much for having us we love being here these are great great times hanging out with you the thing that has like helped me survive this pandemic has been like meeting people like you guys and i'm just like I'm not being hyperbolic or bombastic when I say this because we're 15 minutes into the Zoom and I just hit record. Like I could talk to you guys like, all the time. Yeah, yeah, all night. Like, hey, well, let's just let's just get get into it. Oh, let's, we should record. We're just save it for the Zoom. <laughs> save it for the Zoom. I I just feel like we would be IRL friends. Yeah, yeah. for I mean, sure. We will be. We, we will be we IRL. We will friends. be. The day will come soon enough. So you guys are on to talk about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier finale. And I have so many questions about it. We have so many listener questions. We have like over like 30 responses that came in the second that we found out you guys were coming. So we can't go through all of them, but we'll, we'll cherry pick some of them. But I want to ask a really general question first, which is you guys are obviously big MCU stands. You love the films. Mm -hmm. We talked about that. How do you feel about the Disney Plus shows so far? I love them. Yeah. I, it's given me, I mean, you know, I'm excited about other things, but it's something to be excited about every Friday night. It's like a mini movie drop each week. And I just feel like they're done so well. And they add the same excitement that I would get when I would go to a movie. You know, it's in little chunks, this one big story broken up into tiny little pieces. Yeah, I love them too. And I really love the opportunity to get to know the characters a little bit better, right? Because in a movie, there's, especially in a big team up movie where you have like all the Avengers or something, there's so much going on that you only get like little snippets of who the characters are outside of their superhero or supervillain selves. And so the opportunity to get to see them doing like real world things and just, and just being like human beings on top of being their badass selves. I really enjoy that. 
Looking strong, John. Looking strong, John. <laughs> like, honestly, Bucky Barnes, like, please, I can't. I want to be best friends with him. He kind of gives me Nick Miller vibes, mm. like from New Girl. But like, Oh, my God, bit, he does. But yeah. like a little bit edgier, you know? Yeah. But just, <laughs> Like, kind of, he might kill you, like, but then joke about it at the same time. But then he'll ask you, like, what do you mean I need to wash my towel? My towel washes me, you know, that kind of thing. I'm sorry. I just saw. I love what you guys just said. I, first of all, I feel like I'm like, oh my god, I want to join this conversation so much because I agree wholeheartedly with you guys. Because one of the surprising things for me with the Disney Plus shows have been exactly what you guys just epitomized, which is it's a very human. Yeah. And we don't get an opportunity to see Wanda be fully human in the Avengers movies, and same with Bucky. I yes. mean, Bucky has just been very emo and like try to kill Steve, BFS with Steve. There was a whole Stucky thing. Who knows? No sé qué. But <laughs> like, I think I, I've walked away from these Disney Plus shows understanding all three of these characters the most. I mean, there are much more characters, obviously, but like Captain America now, aka yeah. Falcon yeah. and yeah. Winter Soldier and Scarlet Witch. I understand them now as humans. And I feel like I'm excited about them so much more than I was. Yeah. You know, I, I always, the Captain America, the Winter Soldier is one of my favorite MCU movies. Mm -hmm. I was Dang. always really interested in these characters, but I feel like I got to know them more through this show and got to know their, their relationship. You know, Bucky and Sam, they're like friends because they were friends with the third guy, but now the third guy's not there. So they got to mm -hmm. find out what, what are we to each other? Yeah. And I also feel like I really like that they're not, they're not like surface dealing with issues and they're, they're dealing with issues yeah, like, you know, WandaVision and the stages of grief and all of that stuff. Like that was real. And what everything that is everything like trauma, racism, like all of this stuff that's in um, cats in America and the winter soldier. Uh, it's, it's so real. And I'm just glad that they're doing it and they're, using the platform that they have to talk to start conversations about stuff like this like it just makes me happy it's like proud to be an mcu fan because you're going there and you're doing those things and you're not like you're not like oh Funny was thing. was that this i'm unsure it's like no it was well, no, yeah. 100 percent. That was, that was there so i think that's really wonderful you just said something so beautiful and now i'm gonna ask such a trolley question which yeah. is do you think these shows, and I've got in trouble for saying this multiple times and I continue saying it. Do you think <laughs> these shows are skippable? I'm not saying they're not good. I'm not saying that people don't want to see the next puzzle piece into the MCU. But when I see Falcon and the Winter Soldier, at the end, I'm like, okay, he's now Captain America. We kind of already got that vibe at the yeah. end, end game. We didn't need it. It's a great character journey. I think we see so much about systemic racism and trauma. But in terms of like the larger piece, you can just go from Endgame to whatever Captain America 4 is going to be. And I'm curious for you guys' opinion on this. I feel like, and I loved WandaVision, but I felt like at the end of WandaVision, things were a lot more undone after they had been started. So yes, really the big change, Vision's still dead. The kids that came here are no longer here. Mm -hmm. Agatha got introduced and then got taken away. But with Captain America and the Winter Soldier, you have a main character that's gone through a big change. Actually, two main characters that have gone through big changes. 
And you've also introduced and really built up a lot of side characters through John Walker, through Baron Zemo, through Sharon Carter. And there's a lot more that if they pick that up in Captain America 4, that you're not gonna know having not watched this. I feel like there's so much more embedded in the character arcs of this show. I feel like in the sense that if you were to watch and Infinity War and Endgame and you hadn't really watched most of the MCU, you could kind of figure out what was going on or you could let yourself go for the ride. But if you really want to understand all the character connections, I think you need to watch them. And I think it's just going to get more and more complex. Like I think Loki, I oh, feel like if you yeah. don't watch Loki, which, oh my God. How could you? How I'm could so you excited you for Loki? Loki. What, like, I can't wait. I know. Who wouldn't watch Loki? Come on. I was talking about it today with a coworker. I, I just feel like Loki is going to take some of the cerebral magic messingness of WandaVision and all the action adventure of Captain America and the Winter Soldier and put it in one one show. Like I love Loki. And so I, I cannot wait for this show. I, it, I'm expecting it to be Christopher Nolan's take on the MCU. Like I want it cerebral. I want it exactly what you just said, Justin. Yeah. And I can announce it here because this is the finale. We are going to be covering Loki and our yes. opening guest is going to be Demanda Martini. Nice. And she is going to be Lady Loki. Oh my God. Oh. That, okay. That's incredible. Oh, you, I have two. Um, Alicia, you're working on too many costumes. Alicia, you're working on too many costumes. Oh, wait, Alicia, are you working on too many costumes? You know, I spoke with Michelle Waffle. Oh recently <laughs> and she sort of teased something that you guys maybe plan I I don't know I mean we probably have something in the works that you know might surface at the beginning time of the summer um it's a little it's a little fiery. it's a little, little partnership it's a little fiery yeah that's what I'm gonna that's what I'm gonna say, I'm looking at it right now. You just can't oh, see it. <laughs> wait. I'm looking at the reflection in your in your uh, frames in the background. You'll never. I can't see, you'll any, never I can't see, see anything. You won't wait. see it till you see it. But yeah, we are. I I met Michelle through your book club actually, and we are we became like super fast friends, and we just like started chatting one day, like joking around, like, "Hey, let's do this thing." And then we we're like, "Yeah, yeah, we're gonna do this thing. Okay, we're doing this thing." And add it to the list. Now, yeah, <laughs> add it to the list. But um, the only thing I will tell you is that for this particular thing, I am I generally like thrift and alter to make my cosplay costumes and I am like making this one like making it making it from scratch and it has been interesting it's been a journey it's been a journey wait so Justin are you involved in this project I'm all? usually in the room just editing episodes and just <laughs> just trying to be emotionally encouraging in any way shape or form but no I'm not uh, there, there was the question of I think Michelle was like, "Does Justin cosplay?" And you said, oh, "That when when I when I make him something." <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I make him something, that was for the new X Men team. I was yes. like, I because I called out Michelle on Instagram, and I was like, "Michelle, we need to get up on this team. We need to make this team." And then, so you know, maybe that'll be a thing one day. But that's not that's not our that's not... big reveal. That'll be coming. oh my god. Yeah. 
I am so excited. And you're saying the beginning of June. I What X event is happening at the beginning of June? Can't think no, of I one. said the beginning of summer. You said June. Oh. I mean, June... <laughs> happens to be the beginning of summer but i'm just going on the record that you inferred that from me Ooh, okay <laughs> okay well i'm i can speak for all of gay x-men instagram that <laughs> we are probably just gonna be saying yes queen at the beginning of summer so okay we will wait and see my next question for both of you is so you've wrapped WandaVision, you watch WandaVision, and then we immediately jumped into Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. What were your expectations going into Falcon and the Winter Soldier? I knew it was going to be really different yeah. than WandaVision. Like I wasn't expecting, I was expecting like a buddy comedy. Like a, yeah. that's, and, and we got that. Um, I was a little apprehensive because I didn't really connect to Sam as a character before the show. Like I was kind of like, Oh, he's kind of arrogant. I don't really like him. Um, and then I feel a little differently about him now, but um, yeah, I, so I was like, I, for the first few episodes, I just called it the winter soldier. Like I was like, Oh yeah, we're just going to watch the winter soldier. Like I didn't call mm -hmm. it the Falcon and the winter soldier. And I was actually talking to a friend of mine, um, she does my hair and we, we, she was like, yeah, we call it the Bucky show at my house. Um, but I was, I was excited, but I just knew it was going to be a completely different Five. thing than WandaVision. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I was excited about that because WandaVision was so different from anything else that had come before it. And I thought, you know, setting the bar low because I always want to set the bar low when I go in to a new show. Yeah, sure, new sure, sure, because, of course. You know, I, I won't be disappointed and I'll be pleasantly surprised, which I was throughout <laughs> this. Uh, I, I was thinking MCU classic. You know, this this is the stuff that got you into, you know, I, like I mentioned, I love Captain America and the Winter Soldier, the movie. I wasn't expecting it to be at that level. You know, mm. I don't yeah. think that, it, you know, I, I don't know that it was at that level, but I think that it definitely was in yeah. that ballpark. I also went into it telling myself that I was not going to go down the TikTok yes. rabbit hole this time. I was and and you know, as a person who's a MCU, like huge MCU fan, but doesn't know a lot about the comics, like WandaVision, right? I was dumb. I I was deep into X fans yeah. and X comics, so I had all that like coming at me. Everybody's ideas, everybody's theories. And so I was like, okay, don't do that this time around, Alicia. Just enjoy the show. Can we please just Can enjoy just the show? Can we just watch the show? And I Turn didn't, the like, phone off. I heard a call, like, I heard a couple of things here and there. And there was, like, you know, when a certain character would appear, I would be like, okay, are they in the comics? And I would look a couple things up. But I really just wanted to let this show be the show and experience it, like, as it came out, have it be fresh, have the, like, aha moments when I was actually watching the show. And then, you know, can go back and listen to you know people talk about what things meant or who someone is or where the deeper connection to the comics is but I was much happier yeah. this time around I didn't have any moment like there was one episode in WandaVision that I watched and then I said I that episode was stupid it was boring because we we knew everything because we, because we had obsessed over the episode yeah. and broken things down and then and I listened took to that back and I was like those are dirty words 
WandaVision was such an emotional journey. I mean, it was like lost. It was like Battlestar yeah. Galactica. It was just like watching like Downton Abbey. And like, I felt like we were all watching as a community and emotions were so high that exactly what you just said, when Falcon and the Winter Soldier came, I was like, I just want to enjoy this. Yeah. But I also feel like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, like every episode was so full. Like I didn't feel like it had slower moments, Mm -hmm. but I felt like so much more happened in every episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier than happened in WandaVision. Yeah. yeah, well, because I also feel like there were more stories, you know, mm-hmm. whereas yeah. WandaVision was just following really Wanda and Vision's story with a little bit of sword in the, the outside. But there were so many threads in this going into the last episode. I was like, how are they going? How are they ever going to do it? They have so many threads. How can they'll they do never, it? They'll never do it. Satisfyingly. I, I do feel the ending for both WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier were a bit easy but we'll get into that when yeah. when mm-hmm. you guys recap the episode because there's two of you and one of me so i'm just gonna say yes the entire time <laughs> but i wanted to ask you guys a couple more questions about falcon the winter soldier before we get into it because one of the biggest surprises for me and we kind of knew it was coming was madripoor but the way madripoor was shown and depicted in the series. I'm curious, what did you guys think of Madripoor? And Alicia, especially you, not knowing what it was, what was your first impression? And Justin, the princess bar, you know what I mean? Like, what was it like seeing that? So I'm like, what's the princess bar? I don't know, Madripoor was cool. I was like, this place is groovy, I'm into it. And I like, just the biggest thing for me about Madripoor was just like, this was the only, this was the only TikTok rabbit hole I went down was just like every person putting uh, Bucky, Sam, and Zemo walking to different music. Like yeah. that song, like, I want to see walk, 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 walk. <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, walk, walk, walk. Like, that was, for me, yeah. Madripoor was like, this place is groovy and Zemo is dancing and I'm into it. But like, I, other than that, I was like, he was like, oh yeah, this is an X-Men thing. I was like, cool. <laughs> I remember when the first time you were like, Madripoor, what's Madripoor? Should I know this? What are you, you going to tell? Are you going to tell me about it? I was I was excited, you know, even the fact that Feige, I believe, mentioned we're able to include a location that we weren't able to include previously because mm-hmm. of the Fox deal, because of having X-Men back in the fold, Madripoor would have been off the table previously. And Isn't that have- wild to think, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Isn't that no. wild to think that the legal rights went as deep as like, phys- like locations, locations in the MCU yeah. or excuse me, in the Marvel comics? Like yeah. that's wild to me. Anyways, I'm sorry, continue. I, I wonder how deep those conversations are when that came up, you know, was Latveria obviously on that list with the Fantastic Four still at Fox at the time, you know? Yeah. Uh, I just feel like- <laughs> Those are- Latveria, I don't know. <laughs> Oh, hopefully you will be finding out soon. Hopefully. Yeah, I so. so I I went a little deep with Madripoor in the sense that they they created that tourism website, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Explore where you can go on and you can check stuff out. And there were a couple of Easter eggs relative to X-Men. that They quickly took away. But I, I looked them up and I found them and I was like, oh, which characters are you referencing? Because for some reason you would do that. And they kind of tie into a couple of yeah. 
particular people. I, you know I was, what, though? I can't even say that anymore because I was going to say they don't do anything just to do it. But after what they did to me with Quicksilver with the, and the fly, and, I know like, they do stuff just every to Mephisto. do it now. They're oh, like, I was. You. I, you know, I am disappointed about Quicksilver because I don't understand why you would have Evan Peters there. An actor with so much goodwill behind him. Everyone excited for him. Everyone thought it was going to be Mephisto. He was going to play Mephisto going in. So why not just have him be the the first in a multiverse saga that we know is coming? Yeah. So right. I don't know. Well, but just, he still could be because yeah. he's in witness protection. Okay, he's the oh, one. Yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah. I just feel like yeah. he was a big nothing burger that made everybody like get excited about all this nonsense, and it, it fueled it set the speculation on fire. Oh, and yeah. you know, it also it was clear that that couldn't have been what they were doing because then Feige would have to be responsible for having everything else make sense and connect in some way you could care. have them you could have them pulled from this other dimension this other earth but i feel like that would be a lot to explain in this wandavision story but right. here's the thing and i don't want to make this about wandavision but like the way i walked away from it in the end was okay he was just ralph boner it was just a gag why even do it i mean wanda literally created children she recreated her dead husband why can't you get Aaron Taylor Johnson back? And it would have been more of an emotional sucker punch if she had to say goodbye to her children, her husband, and her brother. Yeah. I, I still don't understand what the point of Evan Peters was other than to be a red herring that kind of irritated the audience. It irritated Irritated me. is a very nice way to put it, Paul. Enraged. <laughs> Enraged. I just like, I, I like... There are certain things that, like, I'm fine with. Like, you had to give a red herring for things. That's totally fine. Like, I'm chill with that. Like, really chill with that. But, like, come on. Evan Peters as Quicksilver, no. Like, deliver on that story. Like, it, it's everything everyone wanted. And the fact of the matter that Elizabeth Olsen and Evan Peters had excellent chemistry. Yeah, they yeah. did. Their chemistry was excellent. It was, mm -hmm. And then him with uh, the child speed. I, I'm forgetting yeah. the actor's name. I was just, I was sold on it. And then they did that to us. So I was like, mm, I'm sad. Womp, womp. So who has been your favorite character in Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Bucky. 100% no. Bucky. Bucky. I'm I here like for Bucky. I'm kind of... I actually of... wore this. My, this is my Captain America hat, okay? Yeah. I wore this out somewhere to a rehearsal mid-show. And I was like, shamefully wearing it. I was like... This was like at the point when John Walker was Captain America. And I was like, Stigma. I was like, Ugh, shame, oh, shame. Ugh. I wish this was a winter soldier hat. I have to tell you, I thought John Walker was depicted really well in the series in that you understood his journey as a character from where he began, his motivation, where he ended up. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm glad that they weren't giving us half-baked villains. Like these were villains yeah. like Thanos that you can walk away being like, whoa, that is a fucking monster. But I understand the journey the character yeah. did. Who is yours, your fave? I don't know. That's a good question because I <laughs> feel like there were so, it was, a, I think it was a mix. I, I can't say Sam and Bucky, but I feel like I was mixed between, because I also throw Zemo on that list. And the, Zemo. Oh my God, Zemo was so great. And, and that's why I feel like I enjoyed this story so much because I felt so connected and invested in each of their stories and how they intertwine when the three of them, that, that episode. And so I guess it, it stems from Buffy because really he created the animosity or, or furthered the animosity between the two of them. He was the one 
that broke Zemo out and, and kind of created No, that. he didn't. Zemo broke himself sure, out. Sure, sure. <laughs> and furthered that story with the Dora Milaje. And I thought that that, uh, I love oh, that scene. Good. I just, I feel like there was so much that each character brought that I couldn't, I couldn't say that I was one character that really drove me. And, and you know, as we were watching this final episode, each of their stories concluded in various ways of satisfaction and, and ways that kind of, yeah, that's why yeah. I'm choosing my words very specifically. I'm shaky shaking my head over here. There were some that, later, were, a little, later. that were a little flatter than others in terms of how much was resolved. And I will agree with that. But I, I just felt like this, this changed how I saw Sam and Zemo, mm-hmm. but I was already a big fan of Buffy. Yeah. So I feel like I put yeah. all three on a list of, you know, we're all, we're all getting in the car and nobody's pushing their seat. <laughs> I, so my favorite was definitely Sam in the end. I love his Captain America outfit with the mm-hmm. wings and everything, even though I was like, well, objectively, I don't think it's a cute costume, but I'm such a sucker for like early nineties NASCAR, like bright colors, like, mm-hmm. like looks that I was like, yeah, I love it. But I thought he had such a great journey. I, I think I've cited already before countless times. I love the bank scene when he was applying for a loan and how he was hamming it up. And yes. the bank teller was literally being like fucking racist, being like, oh, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do for you. I'm like, really? That's an Avenger. Like, at the right. very least, you know he's going to get endorsements. You know he's going to get that goodwill. Like, I'm pretty sure you just have to tell your branch manager that right. you have just the like, Falcon. Get up and go talk to someone. Yeah, and, say, um, and they will sorry. give him a loan. Like, it's not no, it's not like I came back from you know the dad five years later, and they're like, shit, man. Like your student loans and your credit card bills really <laughs> suck, man. But like he is Falcon. He is a known Avenger. Yeah. Like they could have given him something. So I think the way he portrayed it, and I thought he was so handsome i thought it was so like cute and but i've always loved bucky i'll tell you the one person i did not like at all who walking away from this and i wanted to like her a lot more was sharon carter don't get me don't hit me started oh, on, you on that the same page? disgrace to the carter name i know i don't but i don't listen here's the thing about emily van camp i've seen parts of revenge like clips I knew she was on Brothers and Sisters. I love Everwood. I loved her in Everwood. I don't know if I believed her as a power broker. I don't want to spoil the rest of the episode, but I don't believe her as a power broker. She just didn't give me nefarious villain big vibes from like, you know, other big baddies we've got. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah, I I would agree. Like it's not deep, deep down in her heart. She's not evil. Yeah. She's just a good person. She's too good of a person. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I agree with the idea that she might have been doing what she needed to to get by and survive and make this new life. But this this is an outsider in Madripoor. Who's going to follow this person? Well, I guess, like, so, so she'd been there since before the blip, right? She'd right. been there She's since the Civil War. Yeah. Which, so, by the way, I love that. that. an outsider. I love that backstory that like, while the Avengers didn't take care of her, the Avengers don't pay the Avengers. You know what I mean? Like I love yeah. all those like intricate pieces, but I don't know. There's something about the, cause like I look at Wanda, I look at Elizabeth Olsen's acting and I'm like, yeah, Elizabeth yes. Olsen is one like 
cutting your bangs away from going ape shit and destroying like the whole universe. Like I believe that. <laughs> Look at Elizabeth Olsen with with uh, Emily Van Camp. I'm like, uh, I don't know if I believe you're you're nefarious. Like I don't know. It's like it's like you stole something from Pier One and now all of a sudden you're a bad girl. I'm like, oh, I don't know. But I. That being said, I I love Sharon Carter as a character. I got more nefarious vibes from Val in the two short scenes that she was okay. in. Literally, next question. Ask them about Julia Louise Dreyfus. <laughs> yeah. That would... So I'm going to ask you that. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Love her. Oh I'm God. into it. I love a, like someone who's evil, but is like, who, me? Playfully about not... it. Like when, when she's like, but I did it, but I didn't, but maybe I did, but yeah. maybe I didn't. Don't like, call me that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know much about, I, I've heard th little things about her comic life, um, but just the actress and the, the impact that she made the in the two short scenes that she had was incredible. Like she put her, she was a stamp. She was like, I wasn't in this show very much, but I was in this show. Like yeah. you don't walk away from the show forgetting about her being like, oh yeah, she was there. Tessa Valentino de Fontaine. <laughs> I honestly did not know her character until I Wikipedia'd it like later that night. Like obviously, like I kind of got it like when she said her name, like, oh yeah, I've heard about that before. But it really wasn't until later that night when I couldn't sleep that I was like, who does she play again? So I'm happy. I think the big rumor is right now that Marvel has big plans for her. I say bring it on. I'm excited it, for it. Yeah. So in the end, what did you guys think of Falcon and the Winter Soldier as a whole? As a whole, I very much enjoyed it. Yeah. I thought the pacing of it was really great. You know, um, in general, I really liked the emotional human connections of the characters. Every episode felt really full to mm -hmm. me and satisfying and like a mini movie. Yeah. Like there, every episode had a full arc. I agree. I agree so much on that, especially like the fight scenes and everything. I felt mm -hmm. very, this was very MCU. Yeah. Yeah, every episode felt complete in that it furthered things, intertwined things a little bit more and gave you a healthy balance of character exposition, action, a mixture of all the things that you're looking for, a little bit of comedy. I just feel like as a whole, it was, it was great. We watched it again over the past week just to get ready for the finale. And yeah. honestly, I, I'm glad that they're open to the lengths of these shows. Mm where WandaVision was you know, nine episodes at various lengths, six episodes more at like an hour long each time. I, I wanted more story. Mm -hmm. And if that's the feeling, that's a good feeling. You know, leave them wanting more, leave them asking questions, leave them thinking about it further. That means they did their job well. Yeah. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with that. All right, guys, you ready to dive into the episode? Oh yeah, Get, buckle up for this recap, baby. <laughs> All right, listeners, for the first time ever, I'm going to take a back seat because I got Justin and Alicia here and they're going to recap and I'm just going to be like, yes, you're right. Yes. Whatever you guys say. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, episode six, one world, one people. We open on Carly and the Flag Smashers, voiceover of her last speech to a crew. The movement is ready. Attack on the GRC vote, lockdown in full effect. It's a no fly zone, but Sam is coming in through the air. Bucky's on the ground, and Sharon shows up as backup. Sam comes flying in. Carly notices him, 
and reacts emotionally, initiating the plan. Smack the flag smashers gas the GRC meeting, causing them to begin to evacuate, gathering them by the window. Epic entrance of Sam in his cap suit. Goosies! Everyone run, it's the power broker's favorite fighting Frenchman! Batarak! He and Sam fight while Bucky and Sharon try to stop the GRC from evacuating. Bucky and Carly have a heart-to-heart, but it's a distraction. The GRC members are locked into their escape vehicles. Bucky takes off after the vehicles while Sharon takes one out with a mercury vapor. Sam is still fighting and kind of getting his ass kicked. A chopper is about to take off. Sam calls on Bucky, but flying's not his thing. We get another epic shot of Sam throwing his shield out the window, diving for it to go after the chopper. Au revoir. Sam uses Red Wing's facial recognition to detect if anyone in the chopper has flight training. Carly pushes her friends to the limit by saying that they'll kill the hostages, that it doesn't matter if they die. They hesitate to say one people to her one world. Sam saves the NYPD helicopter. Insert another epic shot, this time of his new wings creating a shield on the bridge. The Flag Smashers create a barrier and hijack the evacuation vehicles. But then Bucky dive bombs in with his motorcycle. Flying is his thing. Carly sets one of the trucks on fire to give him someone to rescue so they can get away. Enter John Walker. Let's finish this. He takes on Carly and her team while Bucky saves the people in the burning truck. Then Bucky joins John to take down the Flag Smashers. He knocks off, he's knocked off the ledge but he hits the ground with a classic superhero landing. Sam connects with the woman in the copter through earbuds, take out the pilot, and she steps in. Day saved. John and Carly duel. She knocks him out, and she goes for the other GRC-filled truck, sending it over the edge, and suspense ensues. John has a big choice here, save the people or go for Carly. He chooses the people, and symbolically, his homemade cap shield falls to the ground, but he too falls when attacked by the Flag Smashers, and Sam saves the day once again. Shield and mini red wings in view. Someone in the crowd calls Sam the Black Falcon. Nah, that's Captain America. Bucky catches the rod thrown from Carly as the shield knocks everyone over. You of all people bought into that bullshit? Enter Batroc the Leaper. Smoke bombs everywhere. Carly and her people get away. All three team up and follow her. Bucky and John go one way, Sam goes another. And it's a plot twist. Sharon comes in face to face with Carly. And wait, she's the power broker? Carly. <gasps> the Leaper returns to charge four times the amount to kill Carly. But whoops, Sharon is not about to be blackmailed and she kills him, but gets shot in the process. Enter Sam, called over by the gunshots. He and Carly battle out, even though he insists for a long while that he's not there to fight her, only to reason with her and show off his cool jumps. He gets knocked down, and kind of has a missed opportunity to say, I could do this all day. Sneaky, sneaky Bucky on the outside uses the app to lure the rest of the Flag Smasher team to the cops. Mercy bears richer fruits than strict justice. A great Lincoln quote, but not when John says it. The struggle between Sam and Carly continues. He's down and she's about to shoot him when Sharon comes out from behind and takes her out. Sam and Carly have a moment where she apologizes for what she has become, then dies. Captain America carries Carly's body to the center of the police and the news force. Reporters storm him with questions. What do we call you? Is it Captain Falcon? Sam gives an epic speech with the eyes of the world watching about points of view and hate and the common struggle that finally exists. This is the chance to come together to make a difference, asking them, how are you going to use your power? 
he comments on the weight of the stars and stripes, how everyone is watching, judging, as the Bradleys watch from home. Bucky looks on proudly. John takes it all in. Bucky gives Sam a nice job, Cap, as they walk away and then take Sharon to get her wounds taken care of. Cap goes and grabs the last of the Flag Smashers out of the river to join the others who are being transported to the raft. You think there's some trickery here with the one world, one people, but then Zemo's sneaky friend blows them up. Cut to Zemo, smirking in his cell, resting easy. It's time to wrap up all those loose threads. Couldn't have worked better if I planned it myself. Val's got a connection to Zemo. Don't call me that. Don't call her. John Walker taking his sweet, sweet time getting into that snazzy U.S. agent outfit. He's thrilled to be back, even though he just left. Bucky goes to visit his old friend Yori to tell him about his son and how he killed him as the Winter Soldier. Cut to the doctor's office with the book all crossed off and a thank you note. Sam makes his way back to Isaiah, who tells him that he's special, and they talk about the meaning of Sam being Captain America. Sam takes Isaiah to the Cap exhibit, where a statue of him telling his story now resides. So now they will never forget what you did for this country. Time for a barbecue. Bucky hugs Sam, secretly looking for Sarah, playing around with his future stepsons. Celebration and good times. <laughs> Feeling of relief. Captain and the Winter Soldier, who really should be called the White Wolf, but. We'll get to that later. End credit scene. Sharon is pardoned and given her old job back. And then she shames the Carter name by calling her people and saying that she now has access to government secrets and weapons. Tisk tisk. Guys, what was that? What was her <laughs> recap? I don't think anyone in the history of Power of X-Men has ever given a recap like that. I mean, Thank you. We had a lot of fun doing that. We may have practiced it a few we times. Just, yeah, we may have rehearsed. <laughs> We're theater people, Paul. <laughs> I know you are. And I literally, I don't know what, how do I follow that? Like, <laughs> like I, I can't follow that. Okay, how about this? Let, 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 I'm going to throw it to you guys about Sharon Carter, because I know Alicia, Peggy Carter is one of your favorites. So she's shamed the family name. Yeah. I how just, do you feel about her at the end of this? Okay, so first I knew it. I knew it, knew it, knew it from the very beginning. Too I, was, many clues. I was like, she's a bow broker. Like same, I called same. Agreed. Okay. So it was it was obvious. I agree. Right. They were like, here, we're dangling this. If you missed yeah. it, what's wrong with you? Yeah. But I just I I just it's it's shameful. It's like, okay, I understand that you felt lost and you know, no one was taking care of you and you needed to make your way in the world. But like you chose to make super soldiers. You used to work for shields. Like you knew what was up. You chose to be the one to recreate the serum. You like the choices that she made. I was just like, what are you doing? Like, this is not how Carter acts. This is not how a Carter does the thing. This is not how Carter solves problems. Aunt Peggy would be ashamed of you. And especially when all of her problems get removed and she still turns right, like, on it. Like that was no reason. She could have very easily just been like, bye Madripoor, bye everyone. Like, yeah. I'm out. Yeah, or, or, or just say Madripoor and be like, no, I'm not going back to the agency that turned their back on me. Now, help me out here, though, because I didn't I feel like the later part of the episode when they were wrapping things up was a little too convenient and easy, kind of like with WandaVision, 
where they're like, oh, we hate you, Wanda. And it's like, oh, everyone hates me. Goodbye. I'm like, um, you what? physically and emotionally like assaulted these people. Like yeah. Sarah is going to fucking sue you, Wanda. Like, um, I, so what happened here with Sharon? Did the cap use his strings or, or his connections to get her pardon finally? Like was, was yeah. Sam true to his word? That, that's what happened. That's a through line there. Yeah, I, I, I mean, so. he says something like, follow up with he says something like, I didn't forget my promise or yeah. something like that right before yeah. that all wraps up. Gotcha. And, and just the fact that it was the same people that had talked to him in that gotcha. public, you know, news camera scene, it felt as though he started that conversation because she was still on the run. She Nobody knew that yeah. she was there. Mm. So he must have brought that up and the fact that, you know, she was integral to them saving the day. And I did think it was a little bit messy, like, so Sam is in Bucky's ear, right? And he says, I call I called in backup. And then you see Sharon and she comes and she does her little like face, yeah, face reveal thing. Which <laughs> was from uh Winter Soldier with Black yeah, Widow. Yeah, yeah. So she does that, but then Sam says, Oh, is that Sh do I hear Sharon? And then she's like, Yeah, I thought I'd show up and whatever. And so it's like it it's kind of sounds conflicting, like it sounds a little bit like they're saying Sam called her to come, but then she it also up. sounds like she's saying, I just happened to be here. Yeah. Or but, like, I'm just here because I'm the power broker and I got right, shit like, to do here. And I like, none of you Carly, figured like, it out. I'm here to kill Carly, actually. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I was thrown off by that with Sharon, just because like, I think what you guys have said so eloquently, she has disgraced the Carter name. <laughs> I just don't understand. I understand her being vindictive and probably not wanting to go back to the States, but I don't understand her being like, okay, I'll take this full part it, and now I'm gonna take down, you know, the world. And I'm yeah, like, like I yeah. was like, really, they're gonna make her like she's she's now some kind of big bad, like she's she's gonna she's be a, a double agent, like the power broker is gonna, gonna be this es thing. Especially to have been like her introduction to have been where Hydra had infiltrated. Like she's becoming the thing that she was so against in Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. She is now this double agent that she exactly. Like, Right. I just feel like that's such a hypocrisy. Okay. Well, you know, thank you next, Sharon. Um, I guess we'll see her in, in like future movies or shows. Um, but yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't wild about Sharon. The other thing I wasn't wild about, and I don't know, it just felt a little too neatly wrapped. Like I was saying before, was, you know, when Bucky goes to tell the gentleman, like, yes. hey, I was the one who killed your father. And then he walks away and he, you know, crosses the name off on his list, gives it to the psychologist. And then he goes by the bar again, restaurant, and he sees the old man laughing with the girl who was going to be his date. Yeah. And I was just like, that's a little too clean. Like, if you come into my house and you tell me you murdered my son, yeah. like, that's not making, I'm not going to go out the next day and be happy. I get it. It's a passage of time. Yeah. And it, it was kind of like clipped together. But I don't know. I felt like I needed a little bit more room for that plot to breathe for me. I, I needed more as an audience member, and I feel like they needed more as a conversation. Yeah, there the had to have been more of that conversation. I would have yeah. rather them had a deeper conversation and not have seen him at the bar happy yes. afterwards. Like yeah. take those like whatever that minute of time and and put dialogue in there because even just the way like. You could, I, and I'm wondering like how much of this scene got cut because yeah. the way that like Bucky looks at him when he says, I didn't have a choice. 
And it's like, okay, we know you didn't have a choice because yeah. you were brainwashed. You were the winter soldier, but like yeah. this guy doesn't know. So like, you got to tell him, you can't just be yeah. like, I was a winter soldier and I'm out. Like, yeah. It Especially since we know he's not a celebrity like Cap was or, you know, Falcon or, or any of the other characters. He's not a celebrity. Winter Soldier was under the radar. He was uh, pardoned. But the other thing, too, like, I agree with what you guys are saying. Like, I would have liked him to have just looked like when he's talking to the dad, the dad, like, breaks down and starts crying. And, like, we know the dad's not going to kick, you know, Bucky's ass. Just yeah. sit there and, like, let that scene marinate like that. And that is... Bucky's penance. Yeah, you know I what feel I mean. Like it was it was a disservice to like us as an audience to not get to see that. But I also feel like it was a disservice to his character. Like it was unfair, yeah. right? Bucky was going through this whole transformation, and the other thing that really bothered me is like right at the beginning of the show, the very first time we saw the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I said to Justin, "Those words are going to change at the end because they're ah. bold, right? They're in bold, so they're going to change, and it's going to say." Captain America and the White Wolf. And I know there's been a lot of talk about people wanting it to have said that. And I think for the entire show, Bucky's kept stating, Bucky and other people kept saying, when I was the Winter Soldier, yeah. when I was the Winter Soldier, like as a former thing. To leave that identity And behind. for him to, even, even though I felt like that scene was rushed, for them to have wrapped all of that up, for him to have crossed all his names off the list, and for them not to have let him get rid of being called the Winter Soldier and be called White Wolf, or even if it just said like Captain America and Bucky Barnes, you know, like yeah. something that like, maybe we didn't see his transformation fully into the White Wolf, but we know that he's not the Winter Soldier anymore. And so it felt, that felt like kind of a slap in the face to Bucky as a character to still end the show being called the Winter Soldier and for us not to have him have a real character like I felt yeah pin in the end of that he didn't have the closure that I needed like, Sam's story got closed out in yeah. all the threads and really yeah. well done and I was really excited you know the Bradleys that story really satisfyingly done I just felt like Bucky to have included all this stuff of his reconditioning and his evolution with his relationship with the with Ayo and with the Dora and in mm -hmm. Wakanda I just felt like you did the work to get us there. And then you even had the, the note in episode five about, you know, this is how you make amends. You're not, you're, you're avenging. You're not actually letting yeah, things amending. go. You need to deliver on that. You set it up now, knock it down. Like I, I still, yeah. still love the episode, still love the show. I just felt like there was Bucky got shafted in the end. Right. And like, what did you say? You said something to me about how like the episode before was a full hour and this episode was 51, 51 minutes. minutes. Like, yeah, I noticed that too. Why? Like, Why was this one shorter than the penultimate episode? You could, uh, and, and we're not saying, not saying add another location. Literally, you have your actors, you have your location. Just keep on rolling. Just like yeah, the, the wrap up stuff didn't, didn't feel too long to me. Like I could have had more barbecue. More barbecue. Too. Give me like, a barbecue. When are Bucky and Sarah going on their date? Like, what's happening? Yeah. No, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Although when you said Bucky with his future stepchildren, I thought you meant because uh, Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie had such great chemistry. <laughs> like, <and> they, <laughs> they are the new Stucky. You know, do you guys know what Stucky is? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, I agree with everything what you guys said. I don't think I thought about it necessarily in that regard. And I love it because... What is there left 
for Bucky to reclaim with the Winter Soldier mantle. There's nothing there. It's not like Jean with Phoenix, where that's a very complicated history. Literally, the Winter Soldier name for Bucky is just pure trauma where he's hurt and killed other people. You know, he with Jean and have the- a Winter Soldier arm anymore. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it, yeah. one of the pro- the programming's been removed, the yeah. names have been crossed off, the arm's been changed. Like to to still have them. You, you just you're, you're carrying that baggage even though it's been dealt with yeah and you know with i think with somebody like gina and the phoenix where she's reclaiming the phoenix it's because you know she was either replaced by the phoenix or the phoenix operates on a high evolutionary moral gray cosmic level but with fucking winter soldier it is black and white good and evil it is hydra bad winter soldier brainwashed doing things against his will and I really love what you guys just said there. Wait, what oh, did you guys? Oh, sorry, go. Like, okay, Zemo, mm-hmm. like, despised Bucky as the Winter Soldier. And if Zemo can see that Bucky is no longer the Winter Soldier, then it clearly is gone and done. Like, Zemo yeah. acknowledged it. So why can't you, Marvel? Come on, Marvel. <laughs> What did you think of Zemo's butler blowing up the flag smashers in the end? I thought that was a nice little nod to connect them in. You know, I thought that that, it was unexpected. And then to see Zemo just kind of hanging out at the raft to very specifically go to the raft, give it another title. Like there was a lot of attention called to the raft. They're building, you know, they were going to, hey, the fact that we're going to send these super soldiers, even though they didn't even make it, we're going to send these super soldiers to the raft because that's what we do with all these superpower people. We're just going to put them in one place because that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I liked it. I, and I thought they did a good job when, you know, we had, when we were on the plane and he and Zemo had their little interaction of like, in we're in cahoots, you know, like we're talking in a different language and we're like telling jokes and I only got you the champagne and not everyone else. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Like <laughs> they kind of had their, their a little nod to like these two have a connection and like, he's very loyal to Zemo. So I thought it was, I, oh. I liked it. I was like, Hey, that guy. Yeah. And what did you guys think of Sam's journey here? I mean, we've already touched upon it a lot, but I think, you know, we have our new Captain America and I'm very happy with him. I think he looks great. I think they tackled a very real issue that if we went from a blonde hair, blue eyed white guy as Captain America to a man of color, there would be this level of contention and I'm glad they tackled it. And I'm glad they showed why Sam is Captain America and why he's deserving of that mantle. I was talking with someone today on Instagram about the arc of Captain America and how you had Steve Rogers, who, especially when he was being, they were all representative of the times that they were in and the, the w- way the world was at mm. that time. When Steve was made into Captain America, it was optimism. It was the greatest generation. You know, it was doing things for the good of the country. When he started to turn in the Winter Soldier, he started to realize that's a lie. There's deep seediness under the underbelly and to to really be what it needed to be. He became the cap that he needed to be and through that arc. Mm -hmm. And then now you have a black veteran who's a social worker who can empathetically connect with people and and really understand the struggles and traumas Mm -hmm. of the people around him. That's the the America that that's the people that we need to represent the America that we're in today. And I just feel like each one represents a different touch point 
in where they are in that journey of the mantle of Captain America. Yeah. That is so, that is so well like put. Justin, yeah, by that the was way. Amazing. So well put, like. Great job, babe, great job. My only- Shout out, shout out to Josh. Josh. <laughs> my oh, only Josh. issue with the arc of Captain America isn't even really like an issue with the arc, right? But they made such a huge point of showing how John Walker used the saying like i am captain america do you know who i am i'm captain america like use that as like his privilege right i'm captain america and i just wish that in the in the scene when sam smashes through the window like they didn't they i just feel like they didn't need the dialogue of someone saying who are you and him saying i'm captain america i would have just preferred to wait until it was the scene on the bridge when someone said, that's the Black Falcon, nah, that's Captain America. Because that idea of just embodying the role because you know it's the right thing to do and not for the glory of the name is, I feel like part of what makes Captain America, Captain America, right? Captain America is one of the, he's representing the people he's here for the people. He's not here to be Captain America. That for me is one of the biggest differences between Steve Rogers and Tony Stark. Like Tony Stark is flashy and he's like, I am Iron Man. Look at me. I'm Iron Man. Yeah. Steve Rogers like here, I'm here to do my job. I am Steve Rogers. I am Steve Rogers. Right? <laughs> I am Groot. I am Groot. I am Steve Rogers. He doesn't say I am Captain America. So that was the only thing for me that I just really wish <laughs> they didn't have Sam say, which, I'm Captain America. Like, which, which to just play it for, the, I, I loved the joke. I thought he was on the moon. You know, yeah. I, I loved that joke. But yeah. you could have done the same, you could have done the same thing. He could have burst it in and that guy could have said, I thought Captain America was on the moon. Like, you didn't need him to say, Who are you? I'm Captain America. I just, that was the only thing that like irked me. But, but also now that I'm thinking about it, like, Clearly, that's not the same Captain America. He's a black man and has wings. And clearly, you know that there was an intermediary right, you know Captain there was America. An so now I take, even though it made me laugh, I take it back. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no, I mean, those are all really valid points. And I'm just curious. Here's the thing. I'm curious, in universe, did people know that Sam inherited the shield from Chris Evans, or excuse me, Steve Rogers? And... What were their feels that then Falcon gave it to the Smithsonian, but then the U.S. government gave it to John Walker? I just, I I'm curious about that. I don't yeah, think he, But he publicly gave the shield yeah. in well, episode I one. I think they knew that Sam gave it, it right? Yeah. But I don't think that they knew before he gave it That's, that Steve gave it to him. Gave it to him as that like was a his successor. a private yeah. moment. Which, yeah. But at the same time, Jimmy Woo in WandaVision having intimate details about the endgame battle and what exactly. happened. It, it was unclear as to what was public knowledge and what wasn't, but I would agree that I don't think that people knew that Steve was bestowing the mantle of Captain America onto Sam. Especially because yeah. people didn't seem to know where Steve was. He's on the moon. Right? They he's on the moon. Like they didn't yeah. know, right, that he is old man Steve Rogers now. So I feel like they didn't know about that until Sam did it. And I also feel like if, if that was, that was very public, exactly like you said, he very publicly gave the shield to the Smithsonian. So why weren't, wasn't there more like public outrage of all of a sudden John Walker getting the shield? Exactly. You know, like 
you as a as a person of the MCU, like you live in the MCU, you're like, hey, what's up? My world's constantly <laughs> by superheroes. And then you see, like you see on the news, you see whatever, Sam gives the shield. Okay, they're going to memorialize it. It's going to go in these, this big cap exhibit. And then two seconds later, this guy walks out with the shield and you're like, I thought that was supposed to be yeah. special no. now. It's not. I think there should have been more internal <laughs> public outrage. I just thought I, I could have believed it a lot more if Sam hadn't publicly given the shield to the Smithsonian. Yeah. If it was mm-hmm. just like, hey, I'm giving this back to the government because that's, a, you know, I feel that's the right thing to do. And then the government would have turned around on that because I just don't, again, understand that journey. But, you know, it's fine. I'm glad it ended with where we're at now with Sam. And I'm excited for Captain America Yes. What did you guys think of the Flag Smashers as a villain? Because I thought it was really interesting. I was talking about this. I went on a on a trail with my cousin, the Everglades, a couple days ago, and he turned to me. He was here, like, I love the MCU because they deal with shit like what happened in Far From Home about the blip and Mm -hmm. how like people who died came back into their houses and it scared them and. I said, well, you know what, Captain and the Winter Soldier deal, excuse me, Falcon and the Winter Soldier deal with that story head on about the Flag Smashers and explain that concept to him. And he kind of liked it. But the more I talked about it to my cousin, I was like, I don't know if it was as flushed out as I wanted it to be. So I'm curious what you guys thought of it. I thought it was a great concept, but I don't feel I felt the emotional weight just because of limitations of screen time. I don't really know what the world was in those five years. And I didn't see these borders bleed together. So I'm curious how you guys thought about that. I heard something about that. A lot of the Flag Smashers story was supposed to relate to a virus or a plague that somehow affected people who were displaced from the blip, like a virus or a plague that happened after the blip. So I think it was partially the blip displacement, but partially this virus that was supposed to be part of their story. And then they reshot a bunch of stuff and changed it because it was way too close to COVID story. And they were like, we can't have this. So I'm wondering if part of the reason why it wasn't fully fleshed out was because it was supposed to have this other part to it. Mm -hmm. And then they just like, reshot to cover up this other part or or refinagle this other part which Um, we know disney totally does they always do reshoots everything that's especially with COVID, and that they had that interim period of course they were going to rework the stories we saw parts of that in wandavision as well so yeah but i i mean i agree with that i I hadn't heard that but i love that thank you yeah no problem tiktok baby um, <laughs> I love that there's this sub community on TikTok that's all about like MCU, like Disney like, Plus spoilers. It's Deep like theories. TikTok has corners, and you like get and you just like a video, and then all of a sudden that's like all you see on your feed. Um, but I think the story of them, I, I guess I would have liked to see or hear from a few of the other people because with mm. Carly too, like. I was a little bit confused about her story. So when she's at uh, Mama Dunya's funeral and she's talking and she talks about losing her parents and not being able to remember her parents, I was really unclear if like her parents died pre-blip 
And then she moved or she lived with Mama Danya and then they found a house somewhere of someone who was gone from the blip and then they got displaced or like what that whole situation was. So I definitely feel like there were some questions in their overall story. But I think that the, and like even the comment she made to um, Sharon when she was, you know, talking about why she kind of parted ways with what Sharon's idea was is that Sharon wanted basically revenge and Carly wanted to change the change the story. Um, so like, I agree that there's kind of, could have been a little bit more to that, but I think the overarching idea that this, there are people that like the government feels like not my chair, not my problem, you know, like I don't really need to deal with this. They'll figure it out on their own. That through line, especially even with like, not Sam not being able to get a loan because he didn't have any credit or anything for the last five years. And just this idea that they don't know how to take care of these people, but these people are still people. I thought that was a very good backstory for someone that was like a villain, but that you also wanted to sympathize with or have compassion for. Yeah. I, I liked the beginning of the flag smashers. I liked how, like I, I found myself being like, yeah, I, I would probably be a part of the movement too. Like, which you're just gonna, all these people are gonna disappear, and then you're gonna come back in and start to tell us how to live. No, we've been we've been surviving for the last five years. We've been trying to make it work. You can't just come back and re- yeah. implant all this institution, all this, all these systems that kept people down and kept people away. Mm. And I felt like there were parts of the story that I was all right, yeah, give me the serum. Let's do it. Let's smash some flags. But yeah. then I feel like as a necessity of the plot, they radicalized them or, or at least they radicalized Carly. And that took a turn where I just didn't see, I didn't see that type of action. I didn't see her transition from mm. we're doing these things for the people versus burn it down. Yeah, what was the the when they went to steal like the supplies and they were like, you have six months of supplies or whatever. And that's when she first blew up that building. What was the trigger for her to do that? It was literally I agree. the message. Well, and I, I really wish that they would have emphasized the fact that how hard life was in those five years, because it wasn't just half the people on the planet were gone. It was half of life. And that includes food. And yeah. that includes a lot more than just like, family members who disappeared and like the whole world was literally decimated and they they just didn't take the opportunity to really like hit that point and I think that would have humanized it a little bit more because I agree with you they go to take those supplies and they're like oh you have six months worth of supplies bomb you know like I'm like why like it it just you fail to make that leap there but I I feel like that I feel like that was a necessity of the plot they're like hey whoa don't identify too much with this. You know, one world, one people is great in theory, not in practice. Sorry. I think maybe they were trying to say that because of her starting to talk to Sam and this idea that like she could, she started to connect to Sam and then John came in and she was like, oh, this is all a trap. Like maybe that was supposed to be the trigger. That was the turning point. That was like, oh, these people are like placating me and the only way to actually prove to them that I'm serious is to like take it to the next level. But Mm. I just didn't feel like there was enough of a incident to to take it to that place. I I love that scene just while we're talking about it and and looking at the the scene where 
where Sam is connecting with Carly and just really just flexing that skill of mm. working with people and connecting to people. I felt like that really, that really stepped up Sam and his character for me in that moment where you know, there was something where like he's, he's showing his back to her and he has no, and not in like a negative way, but more of like a, Hey, you know, I don't care. You could attack me right now. Mm. I'm not threatened by you because I'm here connecting with you as a human. I just felt like that was a real interesting layer to add into Sam's character that had been there all along because of his, his grief counseling, his trauma work with veterans. But I, I just felt like that was a way to really flex that power. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing about that scene that really kind of irked me, because I don't disagree with what you guys said. I think what I love about that is that you see that distinction between John Walker and Sam Wilson. Why Sam can go in, he can connect. This is why he is Captain America. The mm-hmm. only thing about that, I would say, is that, like, why wasn't he just truthful with her? Like, why wasn't he here, like, listen, there are people outside. This is our last effort to come and reason with you. Instead of it just being so cliche and melodramatic that, like, John Walker comes in and she's like, you betrayed me? And it's like, no, that's not what happened. Like, yeah. literally, he was trying to buy you time. And I think it could have just been solved easier if he just would have said, like, look, there are people out there who want to hurt you, you know, but I agree. I think that that was a great scene. And it was, again, it's one of the many reasons why Sam is Captain America. Right? And like, while we're talking about characters that didn't get things flushed out enough, I, I, I wanted to know more about John's trauma. John's trauma. Yeah. Like clearly whatever he got those medals for had to do with leaving someone without backup because he brought it up a few times. Like he kept bringing it up to Bucky. Like you're going to let him go in there without backup. And that's why he was so antsy. And that's why he decided to like storm in and go in. And And that's why he was so triggered when Lamar died. Like, I just feel like in order for me to have, not that I really wanted to empathize with John Walker, but like. That wasn't his role though. Right. But I just feel like he, he, he was super traumatized. He was triggered. He went all off the deep end. And then he got even more mad and then made his suit. And then after he made his suit and he like got to fight side by side with Sam and Bucky, he's fine. And then he was fine. Like he was fine. And I was like, I need to know a little bit about more about his trauma. And I also want to know why he came at Sam and Sam was like, uh, this is what I do. And John was like, yeah, I know those soldiers and this is why you shouldn't go in there. I was like, what are you trying to say? Yeah. Like, what is that about? Those are, that was like, mm, give me a little bit more about John because he, he was so angry and so like determined to make his own suit and all of that stuff at the beginning, <laughs> at the end of his, oh God, there's a, wait, there's a, it was a TikTok. It's a TikTok of the scene where he's making his own shield and it's with the audio of a Home Depot commercial. <laughs> so good. It's so good. It's so good. Okay, it's you good. need to send that to me like ASAP, like yes, right I now. Will. <laughs> but like he was so he was so built up. And then yeah. he gets to he gets there and he's talking to Carly and he's like, let's finish well, this. And he had the well, whole thing like Lamar's life, Lamar's didn't, life matter. didn't matter. And then all of a sudden, Oh, we're cool. He's cool. Yeah. He's groovy. Yeah. He's I'm fine. cool with Lincoln, baby. Let's do it. Yeah. Like that felt a little bit. 
again, it was like yeah. the ending on things that they just wanted to like cut off everything and just tie it up like really quickly, which is what I felt they kind of did in WandaVision as well. I don't know if it's just this first round of Disney Plus shows that they're just getting their feet wet. Look, it's better than a lot of TV out there, especially whatever's yeah. happening on the CW. You know, that CW wasn't the WB, which I had when I was growing up. Oh, yeah, but WB. Like, that was, those were, that was legit storytelling. But at the same time, I feel, I felt a little bit more expectations from Marvel because I wanted them to have a little bit more of a sophisticated storytelling, especially when it came to the end. And I feel like they just abruptly, you know, when you're on a plane and all of a sudden they're like, we're going to start our initial descent and then five minutes later you're on the ground you're like whoa that was really quick and i'm a little air sick now yeah that's kind of like how i felt happened with the with wandavision this i could have dealt with what exactly what you guys said like you have the actors there just roll it for like a couple more minutes just so we can have it it's not like the episode like that final episode was action packed like it was epic shot after epic shot after like it was amazing and so like we watched it three times yeah we watched it three times (laughs) so like Let's be honest, if the last if the last bit of it was a half hour long of yeah. wrapping things up, I wouldn't have been upset about that because Dang. I was like, I just saw so much action. Okay, can I see how this ends? And it was just like boom. It was like they were like checking boxes, like, okay, we have US agent and yeah. we have this amendment. It just seems transparent and- right there. You're you're going check, 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 check. And that's what I don't like about it, is how transparent. Yeah. they were with that narrative the, the one thing i will say about john's story is that i feel like they're leaving that on the table for a future you know he's Agreed. obviously gonna come back yeah right? like you he's still tapped you don't give him a new suit and a new code name and connection to val without plans to build something else with him right so there's gonna be there's gonna be more of his story revealed so i think that in the same way that WandaVision was Wanda's envisioned story. It wasn't about Doctor Strange. It wasn't about Mephisto. Mm-hmm. This was Sam and Bucky's story. And they Agreed. introduced these other threads. We'll see Zemo again. We gotta yes. see Zemo again. We gotta see him we'll again. Sharon again. We'll see John again. We'll see Val again. And they'll go off in different ways and really explore their characters, I think. Agree. Mm. Are you guys ready for listener questions? Oh, yeah, I'm ready. Hit him. All right. So we asked the community to give their hardcore feels about Falcon the Winter Soldier in celebration of you guys coming on. And again, we got a lot of responses. I'm going through them. Some of them are actually, they're so good. Some of them are a little salty, but that's okay. I mean, we're here for it. I teared up seeing Captain America and the Winter Soldier. I I did with the scene where they were talking about there's a word for, you know, someone who loses their parents, but you don't have a word for a parent who loses a child. I that that made me cry. Yeah. And then in the museum that that was a little emotional. Oh, with Isaiah. Yeah, that was. Yeah, the whole ending with Isaiah that got me. Even even. Um, I want was... more Isaiah. Yeah, I will say yeah when he when Sam was giving the speech and and and, and that is one that I will say I felt we got and then the other night when we were watching it for the third time, Justin <laughs> paused 
the, oh, the yeah. thing and read the I read Isaiah's story on the placard on the placard oh. and they actually like put the whole thing in there they put that they like they shoved the, the story on under the rug and that they were experimented on without their permission and all of that so yeah I I, that was be and, and obviously we're gonna see uh Eli yep. the young Avengers are coming so hopefully we'll get more Isaiah Bradley let's see what else. feed me more yes I think yeah. we right. have spent the last hour plus discussing how we want it more. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if we'll get a season two. I mean, I don't know what their ultimate plans are. For me, these these Disney Plus shows have been very much a one-off. I, I would prefer them to be standalones. I Same. and if you're gonna do something else, call it a different name. Do you know have it Captain America and the White Wolf. Right. Sure. <laughs> and and I don't feel like I, you can't do Captain America four and then just return back to the show, right? There's going to be in the same way that Thor in the dark world wasn't just Thor two or yeah. you know, Thor Ragnarok. It's got to have an evolution to it to reinvest in the other stories that are happening. But I would and say I that if they, if they could like in Captain America four, they continue the story and then Bucky and Sam are like a duo. I wouldn't be upset no. to see like another side story of just what they're doing and then go back to another, like as in-betweens of a movie, but I don't think it, it should be like just a show. Agreed. Agreed. And I think what you said, Justin, was really smart about MCU content is all about evolution. Mm -hmm. And it, it's been there in Thor. It's been there in Captain America. It's even there now in the next wave. Like we are going into presumably Avengers 4 sometime in the future. And we don't have Captain America. We don't have Iron Man in those traditional regards. Like they have really shaped it up. So agreed with what you both said. I didn't like the show. Too boring, dull, and not enough action. What? Huh? Did you I, watch the same show? I disagree. Look, I think there were parts that were boring and dull. I'm, I'm not going to... I've said that before. But I don't think it was lacking in action. Yeah, I feel like that... I there feel like they came in with an idea of what it was going to be mm. and it didn't meet that expectation. And that's you're always going to be disappointed if you write the show in your head before you see the show. You just got to experience it how it's happening because like we've been talking about, these are vehicles for character development. And this delivered solid action sequences in every episode. Yeah, and if you think about it like a, if it was a six hour movie, oh, yeah. the I, ratio of action to character development, like there oh, were slower moments. That's a great moments. point. That's a really great point, Alicia. Thank you. But there Sorry. were, <laughs> thank you, darling. You're welcome. Um, Tell me what you and Michelle are doing now. <laughs> <laughs> um, there were slower moments, but I feel like if you are only in it for the action, then those moments seem boring. But if you're in it for the story of these two characters, then like you don't mind watching Sam and Bucky do a montage of that's, fixing a boat and like, you know? That's like when my dad watches TV. <laughs> when my dad watches TV, he's watching, he's watching The Walking Dead for zombies to kill humans and for humans to fight zombies. He's not watching the character development in the story. And that's what my mom is reacting to. And you just have to know that these stories are a balance of those two and they're both feeding the larger story. They're both advancing things, you know, could there have been more action? Of course. Always. But I, I feel Always. like that would have sacrificed a lot of the, the solid character development. At the end of these six episodes, Bucky and Sam are friends. Like yeah. they're, they're team, they're coworkers. They're, and it makes the 
the battles, right? So much more satisfying when you have the things that lead up to them. Because if you think if you, if every single episode was just action for an hour, you would maybe feel a little like sensory overload and then also feel like every episode was the same. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, and, and I know they've been talking about, Oh my God, I'm totally forgetting who the director was, who was at an airport. And he said he was watching someone who was watching a Marvel movie and all they did was fast forward to the action sequences. And I, you know, that's why a lot of the Marvel shows are successful or movies are successful, but I think exactly what both of you just said, this is, you have to have character development. Just when you look like you want to say something. I will say I've seen Endgame multiple times, but there have been times where I've just watched the last hour. Where oh, I of just course. Watch that final battle because oh, that shit is bananas. <laughs> that, yes. We have this really awesome, like just a, a small side note. We have this really awesome image that I got at Rhode Island Comic Con. It's holographic. It's like hanging up right there. So it's like. Oh, do you want to move your camera around? Let me see. Let me see your room. Everything in your room, please. Oh no. <laughs> Dirty, dirty sneak. Do you see oh, what I, I did? Almost there? did it. I, I know. Um, it's like Cap is standing there. Steve Roger Cap. He's standing there, and it's like the background, and then it's a holographic image. So if you move, the circles appear, and then all the here, oh, like all so the cool. people come out. Yeah. So it's like he's alone, and then if you if you move, everyone appears. It gradually like, shows you three. Sometimes I'll just stand in the room and like. Ooh. <laughs> no Avengers, 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 Avengers Assemble, Avengers Assemble. I anyway. love that. <laughs> Wait, here's another here's another statement. The finale just did not stick the landing, and that character being a villain makes no sense. Sharon, I'm sure. Sharon, yeah. yeah. I and it's kind of what we've been talking about. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, I would have liked a little bit more on Sharon. A lot of questions about Sharon here. A lot of people are like, I really wish we would have gone backstory on Sharon. Another person said, I love the series so much. However, curious about Sharon. Um, confused emoji, confused emoji. Which is interesting that, you know, we're talking about wanting more, more story about Madripoor, more story about Sharon, more story about the blip, more story about John. And then you have other people reacting that there weren't enough action. You know, yeah. like that, how do you balance that? How do you yeah. find something that really connects with everybody? Because there's going to be parts of it, that, you know, depending on what Madripoor you're there just for. needs its own show. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. I think Madripoor needs its own show. And, you know, if this was like the early 2000s, I would have been like, we could have gotten some webisodes with Sharon in Madripoor. And that would have sort of sealed the deal for us. But yeah. here's an interesting. Put out some IGTV videos. Come on, let's do it. Here's an interesting one. The leader of the Flag Smashers was miscast. I also didn't like her in the Star Wars solo movie. Also, we are all mutants. Or, I'm sorry, we're the mutants. I don't know. I don't know if I thought she was miscast. I really liked her. And Flink actually said many, many moons ago that that was his pick for an MCU Jean Grey. And after seeing her in this, I was like, she's a natural redhead as Flink said, and I think she does have really great emotional vulnerability. And you can see, she feels more like a villain to me than Sharon did. 
Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. I really liked her. I mean, her, I felt like her role, first of all, her role in Solo was not very large. Like it was. I didn't see Solo. At the end. You, it's okay. You Don't. didn't miss it. <laughs> okay. It's not, it's fine. I actually but, probably lie and say I've seen Solo, but I have not. <laughs> so that's okay. Just the FYI. Also, you know, he's a little, he's living his best life and he gets in trouble. Um, but I, I, I mean, I really liked her. I really. I don't know that I really liked her. I thought she did the role well. I, I, I wasn't like in my in my list of characters. It wasn't. She didn't. She didn't make that list, right? Mm-hmm. And I think she did the role. I, I believed her in her cause. I felt like she connected with people emotionally, but at the same time, looked awesome fighting in the in the sequences. Oh, and, yeah. and Really. And with the mask and everything. Yeah. yeah. Like, wait, but side question, where did she get her combat training? Was she a gymnast in, in her, so like, she, years? That's what we're talking about. Like, th- her and John Walker are matched because they both have the super soldier serum. However, John Walker has military training. Yeah. And she's, she's like, 16, you know, yeah. or, or how old she is. I don't know how old she is. But I was just curious, how did that work there? And where did she get that training? Because she really, like, performed some awesome feats. Like, yeah. Again, it's like it's like in Buffy when the vampires come out of the grave and all of a sudden they all know how to do martial arts. And you're like, like where'd you learn how to do that? Where do you learn how to do that? Is that an innate oh, cool. ability that comes? So I was curious. Again, I think this is a concept of she was really well casted, great actor. They could have poured some more backstory in her. I mean, yeah, and fleshed her exactly, a little bit more. Exactly what you just said, right? Like you said, she's 16 or I don't know how old she is. That's why I liked her. But I feel like that kept kind of get glossed over was the fact that yeah. she was a teenager. Like she yeah. was young. And so I she feel like- She looked young. I'm looking why, up the actress right now to see how old she was. Like that's she why she maybe made like rash decisions or didn't think things through or like felt a little immature, but because I she was- like- she yeah. was immature, you know, like she. Which like, I love. Who knows? Maybe she was like 11 or 12 when the blip happened. And then she was dealing with all this stuff. And now she's like 16, 17, trying to figure out what that means. Oh, my she- God. She's a baby. She was born in 1998. Oh <laughs> what a baby. She's 22. She, the actress is 22. But she is. Uh, grandpa says, here is like, uh, Sam even says something like, or a teenager. Like, he says she's a teenager. She's a kid. Yeah, I, yeah. Same thing that they say about Wanda, who... In, in, is, uh, like, in her 30s. Yeah. Right. Late 20s, 30s. Yeah. I'm going to look it up. How old is okay. Morgan Bow? Okay. Let's see. Okay. So, yes. Mackie gives us the Captain America I felt we needed, which is exactly what you guys just said, yeah. um, but had no idea how it was or how I would look and can we talk about Val I mean Madame Hydra for a hit second and evil Sharon I called it power broker yeah yeah I mean I I, I agree with all that I think Julia Louise Dreyfus stole the scenes I thought she was great I I hope you know there is a bigger plan as it's rumored for her in the MCU because she's awesome just a straight up fact that like I've heard now multiple times. So I guess it's like an official nickname that her name is Madame Hydra. I'm like, gimme, gimme more of that, please. Gimme, gimme, gimme more. Also, Carly is 19 years old. She's 19. Okay. 19. Yeah. 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 That, that's more. That I believe. 
And I, I totally agree with Val. And just the little bit that we got was enough to be like, oh, there's yeah. more. I was listening to Legion on Zoom and they were talking about how apparently there, she was supposed to appear in Black Widow or may appear in Black Widow. And I don't know if that's true or the, the, where they had read that, but because yeah. Black Widow got pushed that they now had to, you know, is she going to be kind of this other Nick Fury building these? Oh, the count. Yeah. Into it. So I, yeah, I think that was also, I, I, did, I don't know if it was Val specifically, but the reason why the big rumor was that they were holding off on Falcon and the Winter Soldier was because they wanted Black Widow to go first. Right. Because it would tie in in some way, shape, or form, dude. I I love Legion on Zoom as well. You guys and Legion on Zoom are probably the first podcasters I met, and mm-hmm. I just I love your shows. I love all of your shows. Um, so that's all the listener questions I'm going to tackle right now because a lot of it is sort of everything we've already covered. Unless we can continue going on boring, she was annoying. I'm satisfied, Stucky forever. So <laughs> um, guys, thank you so much for sitting down and talking about the finale of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Where can the folks at home find you guys? Ooh, ooh, you can find us all over the internet, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at The Ex-Wife Podcast, which is X-W-I-F-E, not former wife, X as in <laughs> X-Men. Uh, you can also find us at thexwifepodcast.com. And uh, that's it. Those are the places. You can email us at thexwifepodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, we're on all the podcast apps. And, yeah. yeah. Listen to us for you wherever you get, where, 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 wherever you get your podcasts. And can I just say, I, I've seen your website before because I clicked on it and I've just been like, oh, yeah, you guys have a podcast website. But your podcast website is legit great and it's thorough. And you break down all of your episodes. You include images. It is worth checking out, listeners. So hit up the xwifepodcast.com. It's an experience. Props, Justin. Woo! All right, guys. I am the Uncanny Dayspring signing off. <laughs>